bonding friendships and and the beginnings of like doing and it life continues together. to this day. It does. It does. Like right now. I know. Like it's happening like right it's now. It's literally happening I know. right now. Or like it's literally happening. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Just, earlier times it was just to have it was just to have a it was just to have a good conversation and that was it and I uh, loved great minds and whatnot I loved that about getting together with guys and talking is that it was it was reality and there was there was nothing <laughs> holding us back from having a conversation we almost always had clothes on <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the things I loved. Well, I mean, <laughs> well, we we would just be sitting around like this, and not be thinking about performing, and and you know this needs to keep on going and keep that conversation going. It was just it was a real it was I hate to say it was a real conversation, but it was just a conversation between guys that normally didn't happen between guys. It was like what 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 are you guys struggling with? Where's Jesus in your life? How is your marriage? How are your friendships? <laughs> one time, Woody was there at one of the early ones. The mic's on the table at Matt Sather's house. And there's like seven people there. And he, he read, I don't remember what he read, but he opened his Bible and read like part of a psalm or something. And I was like in the throes of deconstructing, like kind of hiding my bitterness. But I remember I said, he finished the verse and all I could say was like, I agree that it, it says that in that passage you just read. <laughs> what you have read is oh in the gosh. Bible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But I guess that's, uh, it's, it feels like a, years ago when we first started, it was just off the cuff have a conversation and somebody might re have read something from the Bible. Actually, normally that did happen in the early, early days. And, and it was, we kind of called it a impromptu Bible study. I mean, I'd go home and tell <laughs> Tanya, yeah, we just had a good conversation. She goes about what? I'm like, uh, I don't know. I wasn't really listening. <laughs> about God, about friendships, about marriage. She's like, Oh, and I didn't have any specifics. I just knew it was good. And it fueled the men that were in the room. And that was a huge, that was a huge deal in bonding friendships and, and the beginnings of like doing And it continues together. to this day. It does. It does. Like right now. I know. Like it's happening like right it's now. It's literally happening I know. right now. But like it's literally happening. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered. I wondered. So let's get to it. What's what's happening? <laughs> well, episode two one eight. <laughs> Jeff, how are you doing? Fantastic. Uh, Zach, I'm terrific. <laughs> Art, this I'm just staring at Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Bah, 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 bah. Feel front and center here. I'm like, yeah, that's all right. Try to ignore that. It might not even happen, anyways. But if it does, 
Yeah, and listener, what we're referring to is that we're trying to record some video because maybe that will be a thing. We are in an undisclosed location um, and limited gear. It's a slum. It's a slum. It's a I slum. feel like we should disclose the location a little bit, like partially disclose it. <clears throat> we're in a, a mini movie theater. Yeah, we're in a private movie theater. In somebody's house. On an island. On an island. Mm-hmm. Not emotionally. <laughs> like an actual island. Well, metaphorically, maybe, yeah. but physically, for sure, yeah. on an island. And we're, man, we've upgraded the space we're recording in, downgraded on the equipment temporarily, but we're making the, <laughs> and we upgraded with Art being around. We're, we're with you, Art. This is, this is great. Although Scott is missed. Yeah. Yeah. That remains to be seen. We'll see how well this goes. <laughs> yeah. Let's <laughs> answer that question at the Scott. end of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do miss Scott. And he yeah. actually did move. We haven't recorded in a long time. I don't think since he moved, we've recorded. It was out of respect. Yeah, we had a period of lament. Yeah. Morning. Morning. And um, here we are. So, hi, Scott. You're probably not, never going to watch this, but in case one of your friends does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we are missed. I mean, he is missed. <laughs> we are missing him. And you, you missed us because we haven't recorded in a while, so... We're missed, right, Scott? You miss us? All right. Art, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a cup of coffee right now. That works. Uh, <laughs> it is the morning. I'm not drinking much that burns. I, must, I double up every time it hits my gut. Uh, Jeffrey? I am drinking Kirkland sparkling water lemon flavor. All right. Well, if you want a gin and soda, <laughs> I brought you one. And I have a, this Stone Delicious IPA. Mm. From Southern California, we are, and so is that beer. And I have uh, rum with some sort of fruity concoction that involves guava and passion fruit, maybe other sorts of fruits as well. You have a true island drink. Brada, I have the most (laughs) island drink of island drinks. It's not Pog. We're out of Pog, right? No, we got Pog. We replenished. We got so much pog. We have, we, we're good on pog, <laughs> right. but we are getting lower on the booze that goes in the pog, <laughs> which I'm proud of us for. Yeah, it's been a it's been a team effort. <laughs> we are recording the morning, and this is uh, it's safe to say this is the earliest you'll be getting pogged. Yeah. Okay. Getting pogged. <laughs> is that what they call it? <laughs> I don't know. They do now. So yes, I, I, it's okay if we. Tell a little bit more about how how and where we are, right? Is that okay? I'll see why not. All right. Well, listener. Context. Yeah, for context, um, the elder bro, Art Greco, he knows people who know people. <laughs> Actually, you just know people. <laughs> and uh, worked out a deal for us to be able to come out to the beautiful island of Hawaii and stay at a place that none of us could have imagined. And so we wake up each morning to the ocean waves and some sunshine lighting up the rocks and someone making a pot of coffee. Mm. And then shortly, eggs and lots lots of breakfast meats mm-hmm. start showing up. Mm. And uh, man, we're on day, what's it, today's Tuesday? Is it Tuesday? No, I think it's Wednesday. Wednesday. Dude, that's, that's it. We don't even know what day it is. We're on island time. I mean, I don't so know. So this is our day five, right? Saturday, Sunday. So no, you can't count Saturday, really. No, no. This is like day three-ish. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. 
starting day four. This is good pod. Yeah, sorry, let's get some more math. At any rate, uh, it's delightful, and I'm glad that I'm glad we get to be here, and I'm glad we get to be here together with our ladies. Yes, yes, that's true. We didn't leave them behind. In case you're wondering. Hopefully we'll be able to record with them too. Mm-hmm. But yes, for now we're doing this and seeing how it goes. So how's it going to go? Who's got? I just threw the ball of topics into the air. Who's going to spike it? <laughs> uh, I have. I do, have. Do you have like a, a starter? I have yes. a starter. <clears throat> uh. Uh, and feel we can deny this one if we want to. I'm, I'm, we won't hurt my feelings if throw it out there. Something else. Israel uh, and Palestine. Go. Yes. <laughs> can we solve that in the next forty-five minutes? Uh, the biblical God of justice. Does he manifest today? Does he manifest justice today? And if so, how? This is already too cerebral for me. <laughs> hmm. What, co- has what led you to that question? Well, define God's justice in light of grace and mercy. Is there, it- is there one... Is there one definition of justice in the Bible? Like one Let's start. overarching, pure version of justice. Let's start with what that is. With what any, let's start with any definition of justice. Of God's justice. And how that's manifest. I'm still on the outside looking in, so... You guys <laughs> converse. I'm, I need pondering time, which isn't good podcast. Time. I know. <laughs> Here, here's here's why I think about this one. I think about this one because I there I feel like there is a natural tension between God's grace and the concept of justice, and I'll I'll use a working definition of justice, which is God righting wrongs. I'll just, and if we want to poke holes in that, that's okay. Like let's poke holes in it, but God righting wrongs. And so the natural tension for me exists in if grace and mercy will trump those things, will trump the righting of wrongs, then how can God be a God of justice? If God will forgive and not punish Hitler, ooh, early Hitler reference. So um, we've already won the podcast or lost it, depending on your yeah, depending on where you as land. As Hitler's brought up, as long as actually, as long as you're not calling any one of us Hitler, we can keep going. Okay, okay. So if if God will forgive without punishment, Hitler, where is their justice? How is how is that reconciled with a God who said? He, says he is a God of justice because that feels like there is no justice. So are you assuming that Hitler is forgiven now or that 
he possibly could have asked for forgiveness? Is there a difference? I like the idea. I like the hopefulness of, you know, if there is a God that cares about us personally and this God is beyond time and space, then said mercy and forgiveness is beyond time and space. It's not limited to our experience in the here and now. So in this version, um, and it's, it's where I land mostly now, hopefully, is that a hopeful, like whatever refining fire needs to happen for each individual that's going to purify them and, and just refine out all of the garbage we all have. And for some people, Hitler, the garbage is deeper and bigger and stinkier. So where's the justice for the garbage he created? Where's it's, it, the refine, like you, you refine when you're a smelter, you're heating up the metal and purifying it by removing impurities. I don't know if the justice is the justice for how, how does that help the people for whom injustice was done now? It doesn't sometimes now it, it doesn't feel like it. But that's why forgiveness, when it happens, when it truly happens, um, it's just, it's such a magical thing. It's like, it's otherworldly when you're able to let go of, of who, whoever wronged you and however that looks. If so you're able to. There's no justice. Or maybe justice, the definition of justice is. So a justice, maybe we're looking for. Our idea of justice is, is not is usually the human idea of justice, justice. is usually retri- retributive. Like you right. get even, and so therefore, like okay, that person killed somebody. We throw them in jail forever. Sometimes we even execute them, and we call that justice. But it doesn't restore the the person who was wronged. It doesn't bring back the person that the individual killed if it was a murder. Um, so that retributive justice never goes all the way, but. I think there are enough threads. The idea of the restoration of all things, living, dead, on earth, below the earth. You know, there's several references to a type of restoration that is a justice that restores and restores what was lost. And unfortunately, we don't get that on this side of the mortal coil. Sometimes we get glimpses of it, but, you know, we don't know what... We don't know exactly how things look after we're, we're gone. So there's things we hope for, and maybe there's maybe the Bible can give us more hope. Did Jesus others, get justice for us by dying? New new can of worms. That's not totally separate, but some people look at God. God did the thing to Jesus because it satisfied his somehow, wrath. Huh. Satisfied his wrath. And whereas I would see it as like Jesus was revealing God's heart the whole time. Is it Isaiah or Revelation that says, that references the Lamb of God slain before the foundation of the world or slain before? It's like he was always the Lamb of God throughout eternity. But God's nature was always Jesus giving himself up on the cross. It just was that moment to show us what God was I'm bringing that up because I'm thinking of application of us and when things when we fall on the sword and we're doing it in a Jesus like way like where is that justice 
for us, if we have done X, Y, and Z and, and, but we've been completely wronged like Jesus. However, is there something there that when people think of worldly justice and people think of godly justice, are they two completely different things? And our like paying someone, paying it forward to someone who doesn't deserve it, um, even though they've wronged us, there's something there that we might not even want, but we're going to get, and it's something of goodness, and and the God's justice is being played out. And you'd think, well, that how is that justice if you're getting wronged and you're kind of paying it forward to people who don't deserve it? Yeah, that's why I was just trying to ask the question I, I, at the beginning. Like, well, it, so describe what ju biblical <laughs> justice looks like today. What is God's just? How is that enacted in the world today? Start with that, because. If we can describe that, then maybe we can try to understand how it fits with. Right. It takes, I have to go down a, a, a maze to <laughs> and pass by open doors. Like, uh, <laughs> Is it this one? Okay. No. Right. I, there's a sense here, a feeling for, you know, what that feels like, looks like. And you can, I, don't, I would have issue with the idea that there is one biblical definition of justice. Pick one. Well, whatever the justice is that restores ultimately is my favorite. Um, but I think you can find examples where justice is done from their perspective in the here and now that doesn't involve forgiveness. It involves retribution. There's plenty of Old Testament stories and battles and, and the prophets. Like, if you do this, then... Mm -hmm. um, which, at least on a surface level, seems different than Jesus being like, "Hey, I, I basically, I and the Father are one. I didn't come in the world to judge the world, but to forgive the world." Or, "I'm." This is my translation, people. So, um, <laughs> but you, I think you can see where I'm going. There's, I'm comfortable with it. The Bible not being totally coherent with it in all things. But there's some, I think, big picture, 30,000 square foot view culminating in Jesus giving his life up. Um, I think there's a directional, there's a direction going towards that. I don't know if justice and, and I feel like justice and love, uh, I'm teetering back and forth. So I'm thinking of the scene of Goodwill Hunting where Matt Damon's being pushed uh, or he's pushing back. Um, uh, it's like, it's not your fault. It's not your fault, son. It's not your fault. And he's gone through all of these terrible wrongs in his life. And yet there's, there's restoration that is moving in his life without him even knowing it. And then it just, I know it's a movie, but then it just punches him in the, in the gut or the, the heart. And and, you know, it moves, that movie moves forward to where he's, he has seen something that he never saw before because he was so tied up in all the pain and misery of his life. And now there's he that. He's looking through dark right, lenses. Yeah, and now there's that quote where, you know, he steals, um, who's the other, the actor, 
the Ben Affleck. No, the older actor, Robin he, Williams. Yeah, Robin Williams. Where um, he he says I, I had to go see about a girl, and Robin Williams like I oh, stole my line. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like that doesn't happen, and it feels like it feels like justice for that individual, that character, and I think that plays out, but it takes a whole lot of soul searching and living out a certain uh and pain yeah it's almost like we're all gonna go through pain and challenges but getting to the point where we feel (laughs) that's where i'm like is this justice is love is love justice is living in a falling on the sword sometimes or just going through the hell uh to get to where god wants us I have difficulty like still going through the maze trying to put my finger on that, but I I don't know if I could ever put my finger on that. It just seems like bigger than I under more than I can chew and definitely a whole lot more than I can understand. Because it's God. I feel like forgiveness involves foregoing the righting of wrongs. Well, if justice is about the righting of wrongs, God righting things that are wrong, and then at least in human history, he hasn't offered justice because not every wrong has been righted. I mean, even today we're in the news about what's going on in Israel and innocent people are being killed. I don't know if it's true or not, but I read what's on the internet, so it must have been true. Yeah, it had to be. (laughs) Um, That's how the internet works about Hamas actually murdering families and, and desecrating bodies and beheading children and I actually um, crazy things like that. If that's happening or any version of that is actually happening, there's wrong, there's innocent people being hurt and it's not being righted, not in, not in our, our days anyway. So if that's right. the definition of justice, then I wonder how God is... Where is your justice? We've well, many people have asked that question. Where yeah. is justice in this, Lord? But if, if like Zach was getting at, there are sort of different ways to approach it. Um, I wonder if you can actually separate from God's perspective. If, if second thought is if if justice then is human beings all being treated the way they deserve to be treated because of their value as human beings. And if that's what God's objective is in justice, as opposed to retribution, you know, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, so on and so forth, then you can't, if human beings, if justice is making sure that human beings are all treated the way they deserve to be treated as human beings, ultimately, then you can't, you can't separate justice from the concept of mercy. Because I'm thinking. I'm just thinking out loud here. But yeah. if God is saying there's really only one way for every human being to receive treatment that represents their true value as human beings, it's only through mercy and forgiveness that that goal can be accomplished. So maybe, and I wonder if, from God's perspective, justice isn't expressed His full heart for justice when He when when you receive the mercy and forgiveness, your actions. Um, require and or deserve. So deserve. Maybe I'm, I'm humbly repenting. Mm-hmm. I'm Hitler, and I'm in that bo- that that bunker, and I'm realizing I was so wrong. 
I, I wish, I, I, I'm sorry, God, please forgive me. I mean, by our, by most evangelical <laughs> uh, networks of theology, that would require God to forgive him. And he's, he gets what he deserves because of his action of repentance. My, my, I'm rambling, but my point is, what if justice can never be separated from mercy and forgiveness? And that's the only way that God knows that every human being can get what they actually deserve because of their value as a human being. I'm not implying universalism. I'm saying... You'll get there, Art. You'll get there one day. Conceptually, what if that's the case? Right. And what's always hard for me about that is then what, what do our lives on earth matter? What does it matter what we do on earth if I make a bottom of the ninth inning genuine request why why live a godly life at all why work in the field for the entire day when somebody can come in at the end of the day and receive a full day's wages according to the parable where the workers are pissed off because like Wait a second, we worked the whole day, and then he hires somebody halfway through, but he gets the whole full pay? It's like, it's it's upside down. It's not a human version of justice. Right. But the other point of that parable is, but you got what you were promised. Right. You always get what you're promised. Yeah. So I haven't, I haven't said they get this and in order to fund it. I'm taking some away from you. Right. That's also part of the parable. So, right. So... There's no violation of justice there. There's just a, uh, it's a, it's an offense to us because right. we would assume. Yeah. Uh, instead of celebrating the fact that, cool, high five me, man. You get to feed your family too and you only get right. to work three hours. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the hope, I mean, in that scenario, and this is just a, a side note, the hope is that that, let's say you had people that were a part of a group, a community, and there were certain people that were constantly working the fields and creating the food and then sitting down and you just kind of came in and and ate and those people shared with you and had conversations with you. And the hope is that at some point they would realize I've been taking. And, And also the hope is that people on the other side weren't going, he does nothing. And to get those two to to see the the odd fault of I'm doing everything and you get everything that I get and maybe more in some circumstances. How is that fair to leave that and say, I'm going to give, I'm going to work, I'm going to give, I'm going to be generous and... And the hope is that they see that goodness, but I'm just going to do it, not even going to think about it. And the other side is they're taking and taking, and then they come to the realization that I I need, I want to be more like this. How can they be like that? I want more like this because there's some goodness to that. And and that part is true. And the par- the parable of the the right prodigal son right 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 yeah dude 
I've been doing all the stuff. Why? Maybe I should have just mailed it in too. Maybe I should have because what was this worth? It's worth exactly the same and I busted my ass. So then why should I do that? Why should I be faithful to my wife? Why should I be a good father? Why should I be a good friend? Why don't I just be selfish and do the things I want? Because on my deathbed, I can repent and ask for forgiveness. And no justice will be done to those people and the things that I did on earth. They'll get what they were always going to get, which means there's nothing really different other than I made their lives terrible. And we all end up in the same place. That's where... Where's the justice in that? That's why I, I tried to start with, like, can, what is our working definition of justice then? What does that even mean? Whatever it is, it's not... It's not complete. I can't put my I don't think it can it. be complete. Yeah. Like, in Jonah, you know, I'm not... Like, all the, what's cool about all the parables and, and, you know, I don't look at Jonah as being, like, a blow-for-blow blow actual literal history. There's historical elements, but... Blow, blow hole. Blow for hole blow for blow hole. <laughs> well done. All right, let's get back to the cool parables. <laughs> no, but the parables, it's not like... They're like a never-ending onion that you just can keep unwrapping. There's not like a, oh, this parable means exactly this. It's so wild how multifaceted they are. But um, Jonah, one of the big lessons of Jonah is that God wants to forgive people, and we don't if we're Jonah. Or if Jonah didn't, Jonah was told to do something because God wanted to forgive those people. Jonah had a mission, and he tried to avoid it at all costs. Um, no, I get that, but how, like, how often is the word, uh, is God described as being a just God, like a God of justice and mercy? It's I don't I don't know how many times like more it, than it might be, ten. It might be one thing though, one coin, two sides of a coin, maybe 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 we're, maybe we're closer, but that also implies that they're different. Um, so we, but we, maybe we just gloss over that. Maybe because we're just, we just read that and we say that and we have a definition in our mind, but that's why I'm like poking at this right now. Cause, okay. So what's that definition in our mind when it, God gets described so often as that? Well, it might at least mean this functionally, that those are two values that God has that he expects us to live out if we're followers of God on earth even by our definition. So even by our human definition of justice, a generally accepted one, you treat people fairly. You don't treat one person one way, another person another way because of their ethnicity or their education or their their financial status. That's not justice. You can't buy justice, justice being blind. So maybe at least the expectation is God expects and desires for his followers and even all of his creation to act that way toward each other on earth and to be merciful, to love mercy, to act justly, to walk humbly, those kinds of things. So maybe that's, maybe, maybe we should focus on what we can understand. And what we can understand is that this is how God expects us to live, to treat people with dignity, to treat them with, uh, treat them the way the value uh, as their value as human beings requires and we live that out 
and not focus so much on being baffled by what does that mean in the heavens that we forget to actually practice it here. So yeah, see it as an expectation good. and a way for us to live and the things that he expects us to value. But ultimate, I love that. I love I'm not gonna. I'm not saying anything. I like it. I don't love it. Yeah. Well, I love that ultimately, but when the rubber hits the road, sometimes you can hate it. Like Jesus telling the rich man to sell your stuff and give it to the poor. And don't you'll stop have, there. You'll have Just treasures in heaven. And come follow me. Right. Yeah, yeah. When he says that, that's not that's not fair. The poor didn't didn't earn it. They didn't earn his possessions or the material wealth. But what is it what is it calling the rich man into? It's not fair like in the way we look at it now is you know, oh the government keeps taking tax money and doling it out. Now well strike that from the record. We'll edit that out. Um what I'm what I'm getting at is or when the disciples, Jesus, you know, it talks about the followers of Jesus in the early church selling their property and meeting the needs of all who were there, the people. And the mistake is the Christians to the left generally like make arguments for some version of, of socialism, like a the mistake is like putting it in the hands of an empire to make those decisions. But what, I don't I don't think that can be used to, to justify that. Are we conflating equality with justice, though? Maybe, but it's By we, I mean you. meeting meeting needs. Um, and I know I'm doing I'm I'm building a salad here. I just don't know if that's justice. I don't disagree with like the concepts of equality. No, it's not ju- justice. Is not we're not. I don't, I don't think we can. There's no version of justice that we have that totally lines up with the way God does justice, I think, ultimately. Eye for an eye, back in the Old Testament, was a progression to prevent escalating violence. Hey, you can't take more than your neighbor took from you. The punishment will be equal to what the person did because you watch kids fighting, and I did it with my brother, it escalates until eventually there's violence. I, I, I perfected the back punch that would just end it because we, he was taking my cars or whatever and I would take something back and it would escalate and then we'd end up hitting each other and uh, it would you know be settled for our purposes but that's more than an eye for an eye but then G- we get to Jesus and there's like a leveling up like you needed that back then to prevent escalating violence and to maintain some semblance, some semblance of order eye for an eye and then Jesus says but I say to you and just like levels it up in a way that's uncomfortable for us and it doesn't always really uncomfortable because he said but I say to you yeah nothing in return forgiveness in fact give them more yeah which is like that that doesn't that feels unfair but maybe that's the way God's justice works in the here and now the way justice restores is the self-sacrificial agape love and us learning to tap into that but you know it's not I think it is 
I think, and it's not I, easier than said than done. Like I'm not, and it comes. I think it continues to come back to. I'm not exactly sure what the answer is here, but this, I know this is right. I know, and and then when you've done it, you might feel like you're being wronged again by somebody else who received whatever that was, and it's, and then you just have to keep coming over the top, and over the top to to just continue to meet what you know is right and good, and that is. And a lot of times, this I'm, you're fighting every you know every inkling in your body that says no. I don't. I mean, I want what I want, and that is a difficult battle every day in relationships, in in seeing other people get something and you're not, and you feel like you're doing everything you possibly can, in for for the Lord, and as Lord's, I think is like, I know. Like that's not fair. I don't. I, I I I want, and you keep telling me to to give. Right. So real world example, um, when when we lost our son, we had to go back in while the wounds were still raw, like the rawest. Go back into the hospital, and they go over and basically explain how hey we we had our internal review. You know, we we think that there's nothing we could have done to make this a different outcome. Um, and basically, you, they want you to sign to protect them legally. And even then, like in the, in that just full cloud whirlwind, numb to everything, I I knew like, hey, if I if we don't sign, if we say, hey, no, we're hiring a lawyer. Um, we don't think this is right. We think more could have been done. And and that is. When I think back on it, that is a reality that I think would have been possible. I, I think there probably were decisions that could have made that would have resulted in a different outcome. But even then, it w- I knew like, hey, what if we if if we do hire a lawyer, and there's some sort of settlement, and justice in that situation is done it, legally, it's not going to heal whatever's going on here. It's not going to fix. It's not going to bring shame back. And so we signed it because it's like the money's not going to, it would have been nice. Sometimes I'm like, we should have done that. And maybe, maybe if we did do it, it would change the way the hospital does certain things and it could have had some good, I don't know, but I knew it's not going to bring shame back. It's not going to heal the wound if, if we try to get even that way or get justice that way. So we signed it and we said, yeah. We just want to move on and, and try to heal. So, which is really hard to do. And, but what was my point in that? Just like sometimes forgiveness means foregoing justice. Yeah. And maybe the ultimate justice is we're restored ultimately, eternally, however that looks. Um, it's, yeah, in the here and now. The forgiveness was the option that was, it doesn't do the justice we wanted, but it allows us to heal in a way. It doesn't poison us against the circumstances or the hospital or the individuals involved. And depending on the listener or whoever's circumstance, like it's so, it's so much easier said than done. And it wasn't easy and it still isn't easy. But if you've experienced abuse from a spouse or whatever, it's like, yeah, just forgive. And then like true forgiveness is 
I don't know. I don't know how people do. Your, your mileage may vary. I don't know how it happens, but when it happens, there's nothing more magical because you, you're not poison. The poison is gone. Yeah, you're. As you were talking, it reminded me. I'm sure we all have these stories in our that come to mind. I remember a business partner who cheated me out of fifteen grand, and I chose to forgive him and walk away. No justice. Still owes me fifteen grand. But Plus interest, <laughs> which these days is probably about seven million dollars. Plus inflation. Yeah. Um, but that was a choice. I, I made the choice to forego justice and instead choose forgiveness because I needed to. I needed to heal and move away from that. If I would, if I would have continued to hold on to that and be angry and bitter and tortured, I don't know. What about the fact that you could have had justice and forgiveness? So you could have, you said, forego justice and then choose instead forgiveness, as though you can't have both at the same time. So you could have had justice and figured out a way for him to pay back the fifteen grand, but still forgiven him for the fact that he cheated you in the first place. How does that inform our understanding of justice? Whoa, he just well, nuanced the crap out of that, Andy. What are you going to say? Well, that guy was kind of a scary guy, and I wanted him to go away. <laughs> <laughs> and the cost of that was you paid him 50 grand. Yeah, basically, grand like, can, can you never talk to me again? <laughs> uh, he was a scary guy. Um, I thought about that, and it's true. The uh, two things can, can be true at the same time. But... Um, But that feels like maybe that's a that's a tough negotiation. That's a tough one to pull off. It is, yeah. That's. Uh, I think tough. It would be tough for me because I have to make sure that I'm I'm keeping those two separate. Where I'm requiring you to pay back the fifth, pay back the money, but I'm making sure my heart stays soft toward you. Yeah. I'm not letting. I'm not commingling those. I'm not letting. Uh, the legal action sour my heart and make me a bitter person. My my heart is still tender towards you, and I still forgive. But you get to pay back the fifteen thousand. Maybe even I would say it's not in your best interest to not have to be accountable for your actions. There. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was young. I didn't know any better. Yeah. Well. Not indicting you. I'm just no, no. But how does the nuance help right. us understand what justice is and how it how it relates to forgiveness and mercy, which was our original question. Really. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's a hard one, man. I mean, when hold, holding those two things together at the same time as humans, uh, it it feels like it's a line that's really really hard. To draw, like I, I don't. Maybe, maybe then, maybe even now, I don't know if I would be able to divorce myself from those feelings. To stay in it, because there's some aspect of forgiveness that the release is healing for you, the the forgiver. Yes, absolutely. Right? And you need that. 
That's kind of what Zach was just talking about, with the poison being gone. You could have held on to it. You could have held their feet to the fire, but maybe that prevents some part of you healing and releasing. And Art is right. Like, there is a version of us healing and forgiving while also maybe trying to come to some sort of settlement because we thought it would have helped the hospital change maybe things that could have been changed. And I don't even know what those answers are. Um, or help your family for the future. Yeah. Um, but man, I know we probably got about 10 more minutes or whatever. I have, I have another thought, but it might open up whatever this means. <laughs> Listener, he's making feminine hand motions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nondescript. It's graceful, though. It's smooth. It's as if you were a lady magician. If (laughs) this was a flourish for the trick you just completed. If this was 60 frames per second, that's so smooth. (laughs) But it's going to be 30, and then YouTube will compress it even further, so whatever. I think the putting yourself in somebody else's shoes... Pudding? Yeah, pudding. Is to, to flip all the roles that we have when we have conflict and or when we feel like there a, a wrong needs to be righted and and so you have any scenario where like Andy's of someone has taken and and that is rightfully mine when we and it's like, I'm just going to walk away for whatever reason. If we flip it, we're like, what would they do? They'd probably come after my money if I did that. Mm. And and it, it seems like that's, it's kind of like a bully. They, they, they really can't take it when it comes down to it. If you, if you push back on them, like they push on you, um, but the idea of m- making <clears throat> wrongs right is is a, is a challenge because it it takes holding people's feet to the fire and clarifying to them, making it very clear you're in the wrong. I, I've been I want to make this right, and they may come back like I'm going to lose out if I make this right, and uh, I don't agree. It's like, yes, and as actually, uh, Andy, your wife was explaining something to me recently this week in that someone had said something and misunderstood her uh, or or she was trying to say, hey, this is how it is mm-hmm. and this is right. And they're like, ah, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, no, um, I can't let them kind of let that go and brush it aside. They need to know that this is how it is. This is right. And, and I'm going to leave it at that. Um, just so it's clarified, this is, and so if you want to come back and, and, you know, after you dwell on this, meditate on that and realize, uh, you need to do something about it. But if you don't, now, you know, that you're in the wrong, and I have held your feet to the fire a little bit to cl- to help you clarify, you know, where where we're at. 
Yeah. And it's more of a salad for to add to Zach's. <laughs> but it's a constant... I brought some beer dressing. It's a oh, constant nice. tug of war. It's a constant tug of war that does not end because there's always something else in just in general. And there's always conflicts. There's always disagreements. There's always, hey, you owe me this, whether it's financially or it's your time or, hey, you were supposed to be here for this and you weren't. It's like rectifying that, reconciling all of that is so stinking endless. It just does not stop. And and where's the justice in that? That we just keep getting back up and and going for it. Even when we don't want to. Then we end up at church on Sundays trying to get fueled up again <laughs> to then go out and do it all over again for the entire week to bring justice to people and to reconcile things with people that are freaking almost feel like this is going to be impossible. There's no way. And in that, I th- it feels like there may be justice at the end of that road. When I think of justice uh, and those conflicts you talked about, Jeff, and turmoil that is a true and honest faith in Christ, um, I try to think in terms of, okay, what can I focus on? And what is there before me that I can't avoid in order to reach for other concepts that I'm not necessarily as much in touch with? So when I'm living it out, I think uh, anytime I demand justice, whatever that is for myself, I'm going to do that without forgetting, um, without forgetting how much I'm forgiven for. So my ultimate injustice, my, my life is a response to the perfect love I received from God. And I sometimes, by the way I live sometimes, but not so well, I've done, injust, I've done an injustice to the love that was given to me. He hasn't gotten from me what his love deserves in return. So whenever I'm demanding justice or thinking about justice, I'm, I've got to remember that I'm always forgiven for more than I'm ever going to be able to forgive anybody else. So that sense of humility there, like, let's not, let's not forget where we come from and what we've received. I'm never going to be challenged to forgive more than I've been forgiven already by God. Um, doesn't mean I don't say that's not right and we're going to make it right and you have to be you have to own what you did and be held accountable for it but even when I demand that when somebody's wronged me and I'm wanting quote unquote justice I've got to do that with some level of humility and not lose sight of the fact that I'm the one who's done an injustice as well to at least to God but certainly to people as well so keep keep that in mind. And then to come back to what I said earlier, I think part of justice is that God expects us to be intolerant of the injustices that we are aware of now where we're living. So Mm -hmm. God is a God of justice in that sense, Mm -hmm. that he expects his church or his followers or all his creation to be intolerant of injustice, uh, the misuse of power, uh, the celebration of something that results from oppression, all these kinds of things that 
that are linked to obvious inequities and injustices, manipulations and people taking advantage. We're intolerant of that. We will not have it. Mm -hmm. And when we're aware that we're involved in it and benefiting from it, we're willing to pursue um, changing that and being aware of that. So those are things that I can actually measure and experience day to day when it comes to the concept of mercy, forgiveness, justice. Some of the other questions, I get a headache trying to figure out how is God a God of justice in other senses too. Uh, when he doesn't fix everything, doesn't restore everything today in human history anyway to this point. Uh, I want to focus on my involvement with you, with justice human to human. Yeah, mm. yeah being, if being a Christian or a Christ follower is primarily um, a ticket out of hell <coughs> and a ticket into heaven, if that's the point, then... The danger is you miss some of the day-to-day boots on the ground. You are the body of Christ. And what, what did Christ do? What would Christ do in the situation? How did he live? I think there's a lot of Christians, unfortunately, that are that are just fighting for political power because their ticket is punched to heaven. Hmm. And those two, those two aren't always connected, but it's, it's a real danger. And I like what you said about where, where do you see it? There's like a real life happening in the here and now that Jesus behaved a certain way on his time on earth and we're called to kind of not kind of we're called to do the same which is what you were talking about art which is the challenge but uh, a marriage like how did we're all married how when a married when a, a marriage is clicking and going well there's a lot of mutual self-sacrifice going on and which means giving in you're not keeping track like if if you're married and you're keeping track of who how much each person is doing that's not going to work like that's going to crumble because somebody always wins somebody's always doing more and we probably always say we probably all say it's usually our wives but um yeah well yeah keeping track can be a, a justice on a basic level <clears throat> Like, well, I did this much, so now you have to do this much to meet me, make it fair. But ultimately, that crumbles. And so when it's successful, it's where both people are working and not keeping track. Right, we're not uh, clocking in. Yeah. I did think about the, the coexistence of forgiveness and yet still demanding responsibility I think is most evident when we're parenting like I think that's where it shows up for me and I can completely forgive my kid for what they did wrong you are still grounded (laughs) I love you and I forgive you and I'll and I can I have your keys and I'll ask you what motivates that insistence on the grounding uh it it is because I want them to learn and change. And what motivates that concern? Because I love them. Absolutely. Because you don't want them to experience harm, sadness. It's love. It's driven by love. Yeah, totally. How's the song go? <clears throat> love hurts. <coughs> love hurts sometimes. I think it's what's love got to do with it. That's one of them to too. Do with it. Got to do, do with, with it. it. Are we really going there? 
Come on. <laughs> no, that, that, that ends this podcast. It may. It may end the podcast. This, and we can we're jump. too loving to this keep it good. going. We can jump. Yeah, to we love our audience too much to allow you to continue to experience this torment. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, thanks for tuning in to the first of the Hawaii episodes. And uh, if you like what you heard, please share it with one friend. You can reach out to us on all the socials at Bros Bibles Beer. You can email us, brosbiblesbeer at gmail.com. And if you want to leave us a voicemail, anchor.fm slash pod. Right? Yeah, it's and there's been some, a while since I've said that. I so. know, and there's some button on there, but we love the voicemails, and we didn't actually check the voicemails. No, it's to see if we had we one. We could have some uh, next on, episode. Next on episode. Spotify, leave us a star. Hopefully five, but leave us or five. six. Why not six? Yeah, create go a star. for there's six. There's a way to rewrite that to create six stars. That would be justice. I'll That'd try hacking it, and then awesome. find two of your friends to add an additional six star themselves. Yeah. So Six we... is not a good number. How about seven? Let's go seven. <laughs> Much more biblical. Don't find two other friends to leave a sixth star. Yeah. That would be three sixes. You know? Yes. Because the reviews help the algorithms. But again, find, send it to one friend. There's a little share button yeah. on whatever podcast app you're using. Uh, I, was, I was in real time trying to see if um, I haven't checked, you know, for feedback and stuff. But Oh, let's see if there's anything recent. We'll check right. for the next one. Yeah. Save it for the next one. We will. Mahalo. Aloha. Yeah. <laughs> Ford. Zach. <laughs> Jeff. Art. I'm Andy. <laughs> Mahalo. 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 Hi, Scott. You're hollow. You're hollow. This is my hollow. You're hollow to yourself. Space bar?